On today's episode of Health in the Hole, we are talking about peeing when you sneeze, pain during sex, leaking after prostate surgery, all kinds of pelvic floor dysfunction that are so much more common than we might think and so often not talked about. Our guest is Cosette Burnham, doctor of physical therapy and a pelvic floor specialist. Pelvic floor dysfunction affects men and women. It isn't just related to pregnancy. Some sports can actually be really hard on pelvic floors, and it's not always a weak pelvic floor that is the problem. Often we're too tight throughout our pelvic floor and aren't any good at relaxing it. Want to get amazing insights and perspectives from local health and fitness professionals here in Jackson Hole? This is the podcast, and I am your host, Dr. Laura Wright. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Health in the Hole. I am here today with Cosette Burnham. She's a doctor of physical therapy at All Body Therapy. Cosette, welcome. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me, Laura. I am excited to have you on. So let's talk about first, like why you decided to become a PT, what brought you to this area? Yeah. So, um, I knew that I wanted to do something in health, um, since a very young age, when I was younger, I used to make all my friends do little fitness classes with me. And I've always been obsessed with exercise and health and the human body. And, um, and then I had a series of injuries as an active kid, um, through college as well. And that kind of piqued my interest, but it wasn't until I worked as a personal trainer with a client who had MS in his home, I would come a few times a week and then we became very dear friends and um, working with him and seeing how movement and um, strengthening could help him so much have better function um, made me realize that I wanted to pursue physical therapy. And had you seen PTs prior? Um, as a client, yes, I had. And then I actually worked with him and his PT um, to come up with a rehab program for him that I would help him with. So yes. a little bit of both um, personally and professionally. And then what brought you to this area? To pelvic health? Uh, to Jackson and oh. then to pelvic health. Yes. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, all throughout college, I would come to the Jackson area and ski the pass, ski the park, um, ski at Targi. could not afford a ticket to JHMR, of course, mm-hmm. but um, I fell in love with the winters here, of course. And once I graduated from college with a degree in exercise physiology, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to pursue for a graduate degree. Mm-hmm. I knew it was something in health, but I decided to come to Jackson and Um, kind of explore and work at a few PT clinics to see what it was all about before I took the plunge. So I lived in Jackson for three years before going to PT school and um, quickly realized it was the only place I ever wanted to snowboard ever again. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, And then as far as pelvic health goes, um, before I graduated from physical therapy school, I kind of knew that I wanted to explore pelvic health a little bit. And I took a continuing education course that was primarily for PTs, but I was a student in it, um, being the eager nerdy person that I was. Mm -hmm. And it was just an intro level one pelvic health course for um, PTs and healthcare providers. And I was blown away at how little I knew about my own body. And just the things that I learned, it kind of 
frustrated and shocked me um, at my own personal ignorance mm-hmm. that I didn't know more about female anatomy and female physiology and the pelvic floor for sure, but even just my own genitalia and sexual health. And out of that came this inspiration to dedicate my PT career toward pelvic health, because I think that all people should be empowered to know about their um, pelvic health and their pelvic organs and their sexual health and bowel and bladder control and all these taboo things that people are afraid to talk about have always interested me. To me, I think the pelvic floor is the most interesting part of the whole body for that reason. Um, this inherent um, fear that people have of talking about it. I, I love shedding light on that and um, helping people know that it's okay and it's normal and everyone has a pelvic floor mm-hmm. and everyone has these questions because in our American society, we don't get enough education on um, sexual health and on pelvic health in general. And we all have these bodies and we should all know more. All right. So let's start with that. What is pelvic health PT? What is the pelvic floor? What do people need yeah. to know? So the pelvic floor is um, kind of a trampoline of muscles at the base of your pelvis. So I like to call it the basement of our bodies. Um, There's three different layers of muscles there and um, they work together for five different functions. So they help with bowel control as well as they, they need to contract for you to hold in stool and feces and they need to relax for you to have healthy bowel movements same goes with the bladder they need to be able to contract to hold back urine and then they need to be able to relax to urinate Um, they are very important for sexual functioning for both arousal and orgasm and pain-free sex in general and interestingly the pelvic floor at the base of our pelvis has a lot to do with circulation of blood back to our heart because it's this pump at the bottom of our um at at the bottom of our abdomen and then um lastly and i think the least well-known function of the pelvic floor is that it's um a big part of our core so our core is not just our abs it's now known as more of a canister with our diaphragm on top our respiratory diaphragm um our abdomen or especially the deepest ab muscles of the transverse abdominis in the front in the back the multifidus the deepest of our back muscles. And then the bottom or the basement is the pelvic floor. So all of those four muscle groups work together to create stability through your pelvis. So one interesting thing is that in PT in general, back pain is one of the most common diagnoses. And you know, as well as a chiropractor um, that the general population suffers with. And sometimes that can be stemmed from poor stability in the pelvic floor. So the pelvic floor is a lot more than what some people think, which is just pee, right? That's kind of what comes to most people's mind is Mm -hmm. um, not leaking urine. So that's what pelvic floor is. And pelvic health PT is helping with any part of that system that's dysfunctioning and trying to help people restore healthy function of the pelvic floor. And so, so what are the symptoms of pelvic floor dysfunction and what percent of people does it affect? Yeah. So I'll start with your second question, because I think it's fascinating um, that for women, um, the estimate, I literally did a lit review last night because it always makes me laugh um, that when you literally read peer reviewed 
research articles and literature on PubMed and all these great resources, you can find anywhere from 25 to 75% prevalence among women of pelvic floor dysfunction, which is such a huge and useless range, right? And Mm -hmm. for men, (laughs) you can read anywhere from five to 30% based on the age range and demographic. But um, what that tells me and a lot of researchers conclude is just that there's vast underreporting because people are ashamed um, and they feel like they're the only one. But when you hear even the low end range of those prevalences, they're more common than a lot of very common things like mm-hmm. osteoarthritis that no one is embarrassed to talk about. So hopefully we can shed some light on that. Um, and then your second question was just the the prevalence and then sorry what was I, your- I would say <laughs> symptoms of dysfunction but oh. also like how we end up with pelvic floor dysfunction yeah well symptoms of dysfunction um they can again be vast because there's so many functions of the pelvic floor but they can be um bowel or bladder changes in any way so it could be um difficulty holding back gas urine or stool or difficulty letting it out so hesitancy feeling of incomplete emptying of bowel or bladder can be any sexual um dysfunction can have to do with the pelvic floor so whether that's erectile dysfunction in men or um, premature ejaculation, delayed ejaculation can both have to do with um, pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, Mm -hmm. For women, um, pain with arousal or lack of arousal can have to do with the pelvic floor as well. Although it's very complex, of course, there's more to it. Um, But then another common sexual dysfunction in women that so many women um, don't question or talk about enough is pain with sex. So a lot Mm. of women have pain with sex and assume that there's nothing they can do about it. And that's just not true. So, um, and then again, like I was saying earlier, back pain can also be um, partially related to pelvic floor dysfunction. So those are some of the most common symptoms. And then for postpartum women, another symptom could be um, feeling of heaviness in the vagina, um, which can be related to a pelvic organ prolapse. And what causes pelvic floor dysfunction, there's risk factors that that people can have. Um, In women, of course, um, childbirth is a risk factor, although Mm -hmm. some women who have never had children have pelvic floor dysfunction. The more children you have, the more likely you are to have pelvic floor dysfunction. And then along the lines of childbirth, if there is an instrument assisted delivery or episiotomy as well, which are less common now um, than they were 50 years ago, but Mm -hmm. um, they increase your risk of pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, Being obese can also increase risk um, because it's more weight on the pelvic floor. Um, And then chronic intra-abdominal pressure. So holding your breath a lot. So whether that's a power lifter who holds their breath a lot mm-hmm. or just a busy mom who holds their breath every time they pick up their toddler or someone with um, chronic coughing for whatever reason. So those are the main risk factors for pelvic floor dysfunction. Oh, and I don't, I don't have to talk about like sneezing, like peeing while you sneeze. Like that's not normal, or right? I know you said a great phrase when you did that presentation that I saw like a year ago. You said like maybe it's common, but it's not normal. Totally, I love I love saying that because so many women um, get together and say like, "Well, I pee too," um, and then they decide that it's just normal. But just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal, and just because it's common doesn't mean there's nothing that people can do about it. So. Hopefully one woman at a time, one man at a time, or um, any gender 
that we work with, we can bust these myths and um, break down the stigma so that people feel more empowered to talk about it because that's how we change this situation where people think that common things are normal. <laughs> and risk factors for males. Yeah, risk factors for males. The most um, common risk factor and the highest risk factor is prostate surgery. So the prostate in males actually plays a role in continence. It um, compresses the urethra a little bit, adds some bulk around it. So if you have the prostate removed or resected, then um, that can lead to incontinence in men. Um, but for males as well, the chronic coughing, um, the chronic breath holding or intra-abdominal pressure um, increases. And, and in both males and females, um, stress can be a factor. So um, when we think about the pelvic floor, we often think about um, weakness, right? With coughing, laughing, sneezing in postpartum women. But a huge portion of the clients I see um, aren't weak at all, but they are in fact um, tight or have tension, difficulty relaxing. And when you think about that whole demographic of people, a risk factor is just a really stressful life. So our pelvic floor is this primal center that we want to protect. And um, when our nervous system is overstimulated and we have our flight or fight response going, often people hold tension in their pelvic floor without even knowing it. Mm -hmm. And that can lead to problems. So then let's talk some about treatment. Are Kegels the answer for everything or? So glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) I love this question because so many people say, um, should I just do a bunch of Kegels and I don't need pelvic PT? And I like to pose this return question that, do you think that any problem with any muscle in the body is weakness? Because to say all there is to do is Kegels is the same thing as to say that anytime you have a problem, you should just get stronger. But Mm -hmm. we know that's not true with every muscle in the body. We know that there can be um, tension or maybe a need to stretch. The same is true of the pelvic floor. So although Kegels can be very helpful for certain people when done correctly, it's also really important to be able to lengthen the pelvic floor and stretch it and relax. It's important to be able to hold an endurance contraction at a lower level than your maximum, um, just like all muscles in the body. And it's important also to teach the pelvic floor to be a team player with the muscles around it that it works with. So there's a lot more nuance than just um, doing Kegels. Yeah. So what does a pelvic floor typical treatment look like? Yeah. And it totally depends on what's going on with the person, but typically with the first um, session or the exam, we'll look at the posture of the person, their global strength and movement patterns, Mm -hmm. and then hone in to the pelvic region. And what that can entail is either an external exam, just visualizing the pelvic floor and the region of the perineum, or if the client's comfortable and it's appropriate, we'll do an internal either vaginal or rectal exam, depending Mm on um, what is going on with the patient to get a feel for a, are they contracting correctly? And then what muscles are weak or tight or dysfunctional? And it's really interesting because a lot of people think they're doing a Kegel correctly or think they're relaxing properly, or even my favorite is think they're having a bowel movement properly. And um, you actually have to retrain that when someone gets in there and sees what's happening, just like with um, any other muscle in the body, it's just a little bit easier for a personal trainer or a PT or a movement specialist 
or chiropractor to see a movement pattern in the shoulder just takes a little bit more of an intimate exam to check the pelvic floor. So that's kind of what the exam um, entails. And then from there, the treatment's catered to each person. So there's no one size fits all. It depends on what function of the pelvic floor is going wrong, but Mm -hmm. we'll do a lot of habit retraining, a lot of behaviors. So changing, um, broad dietary changes, you know, I'm obviously not a dietitian or a nutritionist, but I will recommend more fiber or, um, different hydration, um, patterns for people that can be more healthy for the pelvic floor and talk about, um, bowel and bladder habits, um, movement patterns, posture, and, then try to tie in the pelvic floor to whatever functional um, movement is difficult for the patient. So tying it back to the big picture. Okay, well, and so if somebody is planning on having kids and kids often wreck the pelvic floor, should they go to pelvic floor PT before or should they just wait till they're done? They should absolutely come in and and why is that floor checked out? Um, so many women think that they want to wait until after giving birth to worry about it, but there's so much prevention and education that can be done on the front end. So during pregnancy, um, pelvic PT can help with pain and dysfunction and just help women um, use their pelvic floor properly before the problem even begins. That can um, help them have less problems after birth, but also um, help the birth go smoother. So I do a lot of training for breath work and pelvic floor lengthening in preparation for birth. Um, So I think that there's absolutely a great benefit to doing pelvic PT um, before, during, and after having babies, especially if someone's having symptoms, but even just for education and prevention. And my aside here is that I've seen Cosette during my pregnancy. And it has been absolutely amazing because she's enabled me to go back to the gym and know how to use my pelvic floor to safely lift during pregnancy, because you see so much of the don't lift anything heavy. Don't, you know, don't do this. Don't do that. And just having the facts and the tools to be able to do it safely has been, it's been keeping me sane. So thank you. Yay. Thank you. I'm so glad. And so it's definitely something I send my pregnant clients to do as well, because if you can stabilize your pelvic floor, you're not going to deal with as much back pain during pregnancy as well or afterwards. 100%. So let's see what else in here. Um, any other treatment options for pelvic floor disorders? Is it all just hands-on? Do people sometimes need surgeries? Yes. Um, and I think it's always noteworthy to, um, discuss that pelvic PT is absolutely the evidence-based first line of defense for pelvic floor dysfunction, but there's always a place for if, if someone fails pelvic PT, which does happen, um, there's a place for further treatment. So we have so many great physicians in town that help with, um, pelvic surgeries for prolapse or whatever um, is going on. People can have a levator ani avulsion. So off of the bone that may need surgical repair. Um, There's always an outlier scenario that a surgery is very important for after they have tried conservative care. There's also, especially for females, um, sometimes the pelvic floor um, is a little bit weaker or has less integrity due to um, estrogen changes throughout the lifespan. So sometimes 
Um, going to see your provider about potentially supplementing hormones can be helpful for the pelvic floor. And then um, when we talk about more about female problems, again, for pelvic organ prolapse, one of the great lines of defense between PT and surgery is called a pessary, which is, I like to say your lady sports equipment. So it's a, it's a nice little insert that is medical grade made for each specific person to help support the pelvic organs. If you have a little laxity in the Mm. pelvis from a pelvic organ prolapse. So a pessary can be great in conjunction with pelvic PT. And um, that's something that you can go see your, um, nurse midwife or your um, provider, your OBGYN about creating a pessary. Um, if you are having issues after having already done pelvic PT. So those are some of the options. Amazing. Thank you. Anything else we've missed on pelvic floor health that you'd like to add in? Um, I just, again, love emphasizing that if you are suffering from pelvic floor dysfunction of any kind, you're not alone. And you should definitely seek help because your outcomes are better if you um, get help sooner rather than later before it becomes a chronic issue. But it's never too late, certainly never too late. All right. How do people find other pelvic health specialists in the area? How do people get in touch with you if they want to work with you? Yeah, there is a variety of great pelvic health PTs. And if you just um, search pelvic floor PT, um, whether you're in Jackson or anywhere, um, you should be able to find some people near you. I work at All Body Therapy on Maple Way, and you can find me there. Or you, if you just have a quick question or you're wondering if pelvic PT is appropriate for you, you can email me too. It's Cosette at... Um, allbodytherapy.com. And you can find that on our website. I can link it on here too. Very awesome. And then in your own health journey, is there one habit or change that's been really transformative for you? Yeah, this, I, um, I think honestly, this may be a funny answer, but, um, for me as a female and an athletic person, but also, just a female in our society. Um, What's been transformative for me is to try to think of my body as a gift and a machine rather than this object for perfection, which I think we talk about your discussion with Tanya. Um, And um, so just creating a little more body positivity in my life and gratitude for my body has been transformative. So I think before it was a more about appearance for me as a younger woman than I am now. And um, I think being a PT has really helped me with that, seeing um, all the things that can go wrong in the body. <laughs> um, I, it just makes me appreciate and want to celebrate all the many things that are going right in my body. So, And how amazing the body is. Anybody studied the body, it is so fascinating. Yeah. So loving and appreciating my body and accepting the shape and the way it looks. I think I, I hope that every woman can come to that. And I think it's a constant, um, it's a constant effort. Yes, it is in our society. Awesome. Cosette, thank you so much for being on today. I appreciate your time. I appreciate the information that you shared. This is definitely something that, you know, I talk to my patients about and I'd like more people to know about. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Health in the Whole. If you liked it, please subscribe so you can hear the next episodes. And remember, this podcast is not medical advice. Consult your healthcare provider before doing anything drastic.
So Cosette is one of my favorite people. She's the reason I was able to stay working out at the gym throughout my second and third trimester of pregnancy. When I found out last week that our kid was breech, she worked with me through all the spinning baby techniques after I was absolutely overwhelmed looking through the spinning baby website and showed up at my appointment unsuccessfully fighting back tears. She's incredibly caring and knowledgeable and has so much enthusiasm for getting you back to better health. I can't say enough how much I recommend seeing her or another pelvic floor specialist if you identify with anything we talked about today. You're also in for a treat next week as we talk to Dr. Hayden Hilke. She's an incredible physical therapist and the owner of Peak PT. She's a specialist in spinal cord injuries and concussions and the founder of the nonprofit Watershed Jackson, which works to provide concussion testing in our valley. 